Welcome everyone, live from Raybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Raybrook Live FM. My name is Jai, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ha, Niebau, Vivian, and Vivian. And our special guest today is George Pedro, who is a special, who is a graphic designer and talented portrait artist. Hi George, how are you? Hi Jai, how are you? Lovely to be here. Thank you for being here. Pleasure, pleasure. All right, well let's get started right off the bat. In 2020, you published this book here, The Art of Sacrifice. And what made you go from being a gra- graphic artist to painting portraits of veterans? Okay. Well, I still am a graphic artist. I still run a business. I've been running that business for 44 years, still wow. running it. Um, the reason I changed to doing portraiture was I was diagnosed with cancer about uh, 12 years ago. And it sort of had a bit of a my mindset sort of changed a bit perhaps I'd been working too hard in the industry I'm not quite sure what brought on the cancer I mean we don't we, we don't know but I thought well if I should survive the cancer perhaps I'll um, just change my life a little bit perhaps I'll um, take up art prior to my cancer I was doing some abstract painting which I sort of enjoyed but it didn't it wasn't fulfilling for me it was just to me it was just decorative art and I wanted to do something with more purpose so I love Australian history, so I thought perhaps I could um, paint some portraits of the people that I read about, admired, and was inspired by. So I thought I might take a portraiture if I survive and uh, see how that goes. So that was the reason. So I am doing both, but that was my main reason for taking a portraiture. Like prior to that, portraiture had never really entered my mind. I always had considered portraiture to be a little bit daggy. So I thought, "Mm, I don't know whether I want to do it, but I thought, well, maybe I can include some abstract elements to what I was doing previously into the portrait because I just didn't want to look like a photograph because we have cameras. Don't need that. So I thought something a little bit more interesting and perhaps tell a bit of their their story in the portrait was was my thinking. So that's really, uh, that's what I've graphic artist, portrait artist, doing both at the same time, which I'm enjoying. I'm glad. You have beautiful artwork. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also, in 2020, you got the Medal of the Order Award for your services to the visual arts and veterans. Why did you call your book The Art of Sacrifice? Okay. The people in my book um, have, all have a military connection, mm. and these people have sacrificed a lot. Um, can you imagine sending a child to uh, to war. I mean, our youngest soldier went to war was 15 years and seven months. He upped his age. So I just can't imagine that um, the sacrifices these people made were pretty amazing. So everyone in the book, there are 70 portraits in the book, and um, I've engaged 60 different authors to write about the subject of my portrait. And a lot of them are descendants, like family members or authors who have written about the subject of the portrait and I'd ask them to write something that incorporates the word sacrifice in it. So it was all about sacrifices that these people have made um, in their lives to to serve this country. So I thought it was appropriate name for the book. Hi, George. I'm Vivian. Hi, Vivian. How are you today? I'm very well, thank That's you. That's good. Um, how did you find the soldiers who were represented in your book? Okay. Um, the book is divided up into four different sections. Mm-hmm. The first section, the first section is a, a body of work called The Lost Diggers of Vigny Corps. They were, a, they were photos that were taken during the First World War by an artist, uh, by a photographer who lived in this village called Vignicourt. Mm-hmm. 
fast forward 100 years later, these, they were photographed on glass plates. So um, 100 years later, these glass plates were found in this little French farmhouse in Vignicourt in an attic. Um, there was about 5,000 glass plates. Um, and they, these glass plates were bought by Kerry Stokes, the chap who owns Channel 7, and there's about uh, 50 of them displayed at the War Memorial. I visited the War Memorial in 2012, and I saw these photos on the wall, and I thought, wow, these are amazing. So I thought maybe I could use them as a, as a subject. <laughs> and the example is, is the chap on the end there. He was, one, he was from that collection over there. He was an unknown soldier at the time. Um, he's now been identified. 105 years later, he's been identified, which is pretty amazing. Um, so the first section of, photograph of, of photos taken from this, the Lost Diggers collection. The second section are Victoria Cross recipients, which are, Victoria Cross recipients are, is the highest possible bravery award one can win. So I did a, a touring exhibition on that body of work. Then the, the third section is 12 great Australian stories, and they're just amazing Australians who I'd written, who I'd read about and I wanted to do a portrait of. So we toured them in 2019, 2020. And then the fourth section are people that I've admired, people who are still living. So I know it's a long answer, Vivian, but uh, that encompasses the 70 portraits. So yeah. the collection of photographs, people I've read about, and just wonderful Australians. So that's where, that's where the content came from. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask, is there a particular story which resonates with you? Ooh, there's about 70. All, they all resonate with me. <laughs> There's one in particular, it's about a young boy um, who lived in Brisbane. His name was Hector Vasili. His father was from the country, uh, from Cyprus, which is where I was born, born in Cyprus. His mother was Australian. And he really, I, I'm not sure what it was, it's 11, can you imagine, 11 year old boy, and what he would do is he would sell newspapers, keep all the pocket money, and what he would do is he would keep that money and buy flowers, cigarettes and chocolates. And what he would do with that is he would wait on the side of the road and when our World War I soldiers would come off the train stations in Brisbane station, they would drive past his home on backs of trucks and they will go into a military hospital um, just down the road from his place. So they knew the, these soldiers would come past at certain times. And what he would do is he would go to these soldiers and give them cigarettes, flowers and chocolates for their service. And to me, I find that just absolutely stunning that an 11-year-old kid would do that, would even think of that. But tragically, what happened was, on one occasion, there was a procession of trucks. One, one truck swerved to miss an elderly lady who was crossing the road and the truck behind him swerved to miss the truck. Unfortunately, that second truck swerved and hit Hector, and he died. So this poor little fella died virtually on the spot. But <clears throat> what happened is, he, um, if you go to Brisbane, there is a bridge called the Victoria Bridge, and it crosses the Brisbane River. And on that bridge, there is a plaque to Hector, which is really lovely, and it tells his story. There's a procession, a, a, se um, a series of, of um, displays, and it tells Hector's story. So we, to this day, commemorate young Hector for his, for his wonderful, uh, for his consideration. Um, and every Anzac Day, the Greek community have their Anzac Day service 
next in front of Hector's um, plaque, which is really lovely. So that's one that resonates with me. That's what I thought I'd mention because we've got young, young um, children here, or kids, I should say, adults. Um, so that's one that really resonates with me. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, sure. Sure. Hi, my name is Vivian. Hello, Vivian. And um, we heard about your next venture of painting Australian female figures. Can yes. you tell us that about mm. more? Yes. I'm currently working on a body of work that is about our female doctors and surgeons. Now, during the First World War, they were told, we don't want you to go to the war. We don't want female doctors or surgeons. We're happy with female nurses, but we don't want doctors and surgeons. So um, they were not happy about that. So they, um, they decided they would go pay their own way. They would go over to the Western Front, France and Europe and, and help the, the, um, help the, the, the army uh, to look after these wounded soldiers. It was also a time when, um, with the suffragette movement, the females were trying to get equal rights and things, and they thought, well, this might be a good time to say, hey, we can do what men can do as well. So they went over there at their own expense, um, took a lot of time to get over there, took, took months to get over there, and it was very, very expensive. So they went over and did wonderful things. And um, what I sort of find annoying is that these doctors and surgeons, females, were never recognised, not even recognised at the War Memorial. So we are about to embark on an exhibition and we're going to travel around Australia and we want to give these, these ladies, these amazing ladies, the recognition they deserve, which they've never had for over 100 years. Oh, wow. So that's what I'm working on at the moment, which I'm, I'm really excited about. And we'll, we'll produce a book. And we've actually, I've thought of a name, we're going to call this exhibition WOW, which stands for Wonderful Women of World War One. So that's that's the branding behind it. So I'm excited. So that's what I'm. I'm excited to. too. <laughs> yeah, but look, not only that. I also want to. Um, there's so many wonderful uh, stories about females that I want to bring out. It's unknown. Some of them unknown, but need to be retold. So I'm really excited about doing that. So yeah. There you go. Thank you. And I also have another question. So you painted over 100 portraits. Where would they be right now? Okay, they're sort of scattered, they're certainly scattered around Australia. There are a lot of military institutions, um, a lot of RSLs, private collections. Um, the ones I'm most proud of is there are four paintings in three museums in France. There's two in Vignacourt, there's two paintings that I donated there. There's another one in, in a, another town called Nayor. Um, there's a portrait there, and there's one that we Recently, just got came back from from France. We over in, went over for Anzac Day, and I donated two portraits. And um, one of them was of the first Australian to die during the First World War. And uh, I only heard his story not so long ago. And uh, I wanted to paint his um, his portrait. So he's buried in this wonderful little town called Ligny on Cambrais. So we donated the portrait to that village. Um, because he was the first Australian to die, the town um, have named the main street in his honour. They've named the public school in his honour and they celebrate his passing, they commemorate his passing on the 26th of August each year. So it was a real honour for me to go over there, donate the painting to their museum. So. So that's so. There's a number. Of, there's four paintings. That's in amazing. The, yeah, and there's 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 a number of paintings in in London as well. Oh. So yeah. So it's a uh, it's great. Yeah. Um. Mm. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Braybrook Live. 
on Live FM, live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is John, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, R, Nebel, Vivian, Vivian, and our esteemed guest, Mr. George Petru. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Mm. Hi, George. My name is Nebel, and Hi. knowing that you love Australian history, how important do you think is our military history in our school? Uh, look, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to produce the book. It was... Um, Obviously, it was the, the bookend, the, the exhibitions, the portraits I painted that travelled around Australia. But the other, one of the other main reasons was to recognise the sacrifices by these Australians. But for me, it was also to use it as an educational tool, so our young people right here could sort of understand and appreciate the sacrifices that these people made, um, and not only the individual soldier, male or female, but also the parents. I mean, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I had to send out, send a son to war, you know, age 18. That is a huge sacrifice. And you must remember, these soldiers were, um, they, they weren't, um, they enlisted, they wanted to go. So it must have been very hard for the parents to deal with that. So it's a huge sacrifice for the parents as well. And it also affected generations to come. It wasn't just then. It, there was lingering effects. So it was a huge sacrifice. And you could go into all the reasons, political reasons about war. I won't go into that. But it's really, it's the sacrifice that they made and the, and the families made, which really resonates with me. Thank you, George. Mm. For my next question, can you explain how your book has supported the Australian veterans? Right. OK. I am the the patron for TPI, which stands for Totally and Permanently Incapacitated Veterans. It's sort of like an RSL. They look after returned um, soldiers. So I'm their patron. So what I've, what I've done in my book, I've got six different veteran charities, and I donate all the profits from the sale of these books to these um, uh, charities. We, um, I had 10 books signed by all of the authors. So there's, there's 70 signatures and, and plus there's a few more. I managed to, um, to uh, in, engage a few other relatives, family members who didn't actually write in the book. So there's about 80 signatures in these books. And what we do is we auction those books off. So we've, we've auctioned two off and um, we sold them for $5,000 each. So that was a real bonus as opposed to the book costing $70. We made $10,000 for those two books. So I have another eight, which we're hoping to, uh, there's a couple of factions coming up, which we have to raise um, some, some further funds. So it is um, all profits go to veteran charities. So it was, it was a labor of love for me. It wasn't about money. I and mean, we actually, I, being graphic guys, I, we designed the book as well. So we put a lot of time and, and energy in this. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's been a real labor of love. Thank there you for you being a, the bigger person, George. Oh, thank you. Thank you, my pleasure. Hi, George. I'm Hearth. And have you met amazing characters on the way? Sorry, have, have I met? Yeah. Oh, I've, yes. I've, it's been, it's been a, a, an amazing journey. I mean, prior to this book, I mean, I just lived a pretty average sort of life. I mean, nothing spectacular, but having met um, these, some of these amazing people, I mean, I've met, I think, six Victoria Cross recipients. Um, last, last Wednesday, I was in Canberra for Keith Payne, and that's Keith Payne over there, the gentleman there. He's, he turned 90 uh, last Wednesday, so there was a, a celebration of Keith Payne at the War Memorial Wednesday night. We had the Governor-General was there, David Hurley was there, Sir Peter Cosgrove, 
our previous Governor-General was there. So Peter Cosgrove also wrote the foreword for my book and wrote um, uh, about what sacrifice means to him, as does our current Governor-General, David Hurley. He has one of my portraits in his office, because I saw it there about eight months ago when I was in Canberra. He also wrote what sacrifice means to him. So here I am, just Joe Blow uh, from Victoria and meeting these amazing people. We um, had the pleasure of meeting our other Victoria Cross recipients. Dave, Mark Donaldson was there on, on Wednesday night, as was Dan Kieran. Um, Willie Appiata from New Zealand, he's a VC recipient, was there. I'd met Willie a number of times. I'd also met Johnson B. Harry, who's a visa recipient from the UK a couple of years ago, and even a Nepalese visa recipient called Captain Limbu. I met him a couple of years ago too. So amazing people, some wonderful politicians, and just, yeah, so really, really special. And, and having the opportunity to go overseas and meet these people, there's a John Monash Centre, it's been, it's been a whirlwind for me. So been very lucky. Okay. So where had this work taken you and how did you find the families? Well, I was involved prior to my book, I was involved with a book about Victoria Cross recipients. It was called The Victoria Cross Australia Remembers. Now that book was put together by a friend of mine and I would went on to a number of, went to a number of interviews when he was interviewing descendants of Victoria Cross recipients. So we travelled around Australia, we even went overseas as well. And we, um, we met a lot of family members. So through that connection, it made it easy for me to put my book together because I already had some, some connections through, through there. So uh, yeah, I've just been very, very lucky. And that was the, the, main, the main driving force for, for meeting people. But it's amazing how people are related. You, you speak to one person, say, oh, well, that person's related to them, related to them. And it's just, it's just a flow on effect. It, it's a very small world. And uh, Australia's a very small country. So in back for World War I, World War II, a lot of people were sort of related and had connections with each other. So it made my job a lot easier. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask briefly, because you touched on it earlier, the four sections of your book, which one do you think was like the hardest to write? The hardest to write? Mm. Well, because I'd engage other people, because I'm not, I don't really consider myself an author. I wrote the first chapter explaining why I wrote the book and, and why it came about through my, my cancer and things like that. But I'll tell you, that one of the hardest paintings, I'll just, I'll just change your question oh, a bit fine. there, Joe. There was one particular painting that I was asked to paint, and it's about a guy called Martin O'Meara. He's in the book. And um, they said, would you paint him? And I said, look, I don't know whether I can. His story is so tragic. Um, I don't think I can. And I just said no. And then <laughs> Michael, who's the author of, of the Victoria Cross book, said, George, can you, can you please reconsider? Because it's an amazing story. So I relented. Now, the reason it was so difficult was this guy, Martin O'Meara, was a Victoria Cross recipient. He was a pacifist. He never shot never used a gun. He was a stretcher bearer. He um, was at a place called Poziers, which was perhaps the most brutal battle that the Australians ever been involved with. Um, he was a stretcher bearer, so he would go out and pick up body, wounded bodies. Now, I can't imagine, that was an absolute slaughter. I can't imagine what it would be like going out there in amongst bombs, bullets, everything continuously for weeks and weeks on end. And like, 
I don't know how you can do that. So he is apparently um, reputed to have saved 25 people, but he would go out there, he would take out water, because these guys are wounded, they're thirsty. You can't just go out there and, you know, just stop the war, I, I want to take out some water. He would take ammunition to these people. So this, and he was wounded a number of times. So this guy was, was so brave, but the, that was, if that wasn't bad enough, when he came back to Australia, he, um, he, he came from Perth, he was an Irish chap. He, he um, broke down. He had, he, had, he had a breakdown and he spent the rest of his life in an asylum. He spent 17 years in an asylum. Apparently for 14 hours of the day he would be in a straitjacket because he was trying to self-harm. So I can't imagine what this guy saw. So to paint him was really tricky. But to be honest, I think it's one of my best paintings, which is which is really interesting. So, and I didn't quite answer your question, but I thought oh, that, was, that was great. Thank yeah, you. there you go. Um, and you'll see it in, in the book. Um, it's it's yeah, it's very moving story. Very moving. Mm. You also touched on female figures mm. in Australia. Have you met any ones that kind of stick out to you? Oh yes. Oh, there's there's one that. Um, factuated with she's she made her name was Joyce Locke mm. she was born in Queensland and um, a really interesting story and if you want to do yourselves a favor google this lady because it is incredible I, I always the, the idea was going to have an exhibition solely about her but that might be a little bit restrictive but Joyce Locke went to um, she spent the last 50 years of her life in Greece and she looked after a lot of the, the starving Greeks who were, who were sort of kicked out of Turkey. It was a thing called the Smyrna Crisis. They burned a town called Smyrna. She was there and she helped starving Greeks. Uh, she built, helped build roads, bring water to the town. She, was, she wasn't a doctor, but she looked after them medically. She lived there for 50 years of her life. She was, she's our most highly awarded female that no one knows anything about. So her story is incredible and just recently I only heard once I recently about a month ago I heard a story about a young lady called Alice Anderson she was the first female to set up a mechanic motor mechanic shop in Australia wow and she only employed females so her story is incredible she, she was 21 years old when she set up. She designed this garage in Cotham Road, Kew. Um, tragically died at the age of 29. Uh, she was, it's a bit controversial as to how she died, whether it was an accident or whether she was shot. No one really knows. Um, but her story is amazing. So, um, so many amazing female stories and male stories, of course. But at the moment, because I've been painting males, most of this time, it's, it's refreshing to be painting females. So uh, I'm enjoying that. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to you, George Rancho, for coming. Pleasure. Here. And it's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Good. Live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You've been listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. My name is Jai, and today my co-hosts were Ha, Nibau, Vivian, and Vivian. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day, George. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.